Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Comedian Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my podcast where we are currently reading my first book, Spirit Whispers, with some updates or extensions and comments by me and sometimes incredulous sides. But anyway, um, let's get going. Just a bit of a prelude to this um, particular chapter, which I do not know why I have not included this in this chapter. And I suppose that's what happens when you get someone to assist you writing the book. And um, But that's what happens. So anyhow, so the day that the, the, this chapter is called The Penny Drops, but the day that The Penny Dropped, I was coming home from work and I had about seven voices in my head and they were all talking very, very loudly. Um, anyway, so this was the day that the penny dropped and and one of the voices went louder than the others and I actually recognised my brother's voice and it was then that I realised that they were spirits at that particular moment and this is what happened after I got home. After I got home, I was pretty upset and embarrassed and ashamed that my spirits had um, seen me do all the stupid things I've previously described and uh, very embarrassed, I have to say, so embarrassed, particularly in my daughter's behalf and my grandfather. For some reason, my grandfather and my daughter watching those things affected me more greatly than, say, my brother and my father, and I don't know why. Um, but anyway, um, so this is where we go on in the actual book, and it's called The Penny Drops. Thoughts of aliens and psychic spies invaded my life for another two months before someone else came along and offered me another opinion. This person not only turned my life around but completely changed the way I thought about everything. After a bad day, I turned on the television one day and there he was, a good-looking bloke with a mouth that spoke at a 1,000 miles an hour. This man was John Edward, the psychic medium, and he was working in front of a studio audience. He was speaking to one audience member after the other, giving them validation after validation that loved ones were safe and happy on the other side. It seemed, in fact, that they were right there in the room next to him. There were tears and laughter from the people involved and the whole audience joined in. Right there on television, grief-stricken people changed before my eyes. After John Edward left the stage, audience members he had spoken to were given the opportunity to tell the viewers how their loved ones had crossed over and how the psychic medium had changed their lives forever. They didn't really need to say their lives had changed. It was clearly written all over their face. I stood in front of the television with my mouth hanging open until the credit rolled. I was amazed that the spirit world could be reached in such a way. Where had this guy been when my loved ones had crossed over? If only he'd been around then, my life might have turned out very differently. I thought about the readings I'd been doing. Wasn't the process John Edward used essentially what I had been experiencing uh, post um, Before then, I was only doing like tarot card things. From what I could see, he was receiving information from sources in the spirit world and passing it directly to the intended receiver. Peter and the other voices, military men, space aliens, had watched the show with me and now it seemed they were very excited. The chattering and the babbling became almost deafening and the penny finally dropped. My trainers were spirits and I was a psychic medium. Now some of you may think I was a bit slow on the uptake. I can tell you now, so do I. After that television program, my mind started racing at a million miles an hour. Hungry for more information, I went to the bookcase and rummaged for a book I remembered a friend giving me ages ago. It was called The Eagle and the Rose by Mar Rosemary Althea. 
an American medium who claims to have a American, an American guide um, named Eagle Feather. That book sat on my shelf for ages. I accepted it from a friend to be polite because I really couldn't see at a time when a New Age American's experience could have anything to do with my life. Now I began to read page after page. The author's experience paralleled my own. As Althea described her journey into recognising and identifying her guides, shivers ran uncontrollably through me, the changing faces on the wall, the comments about everyday things. It was all there. I read the book in record time and then went to the library. I found another book called Voices in My Ear by Doris Stokes and a few other on clairvoyance. I fell in love with Doris Stokes, especially her dedication to the parents of lost children. I went out and bought Crossing Over and One Last Time by John Edward. I read and read day in, day out. I swallowed the words right off the pages. I researched as much as I could. Book after book confirmed over and over what I was seeing and hearing was in fact the spirit world. Finally, everything truly made sense. With the dawning of realisation came a huge tidal wave of relief. My mind's frantic search for explanations, the hunt for military spies and space aliens and terrible fear I was losing my grip on sanity, all were instantly and forever swept away. I was a channel for spirit, a medium. It was as simple as that. But then I realised I had another problem. How do you convince your family that you're in contact with the spirit world? My mum was pretty sceptical, to say the least. One day I'm telling her that army guys are hunting me down. The next I'm convinced I'm a psychic medium. I had to convince my family and myself, but how? I needed proof and fast. My mum and family thought I was madder than ever now. You have to remember how much I had already put them through. I had involved my mum with all of my problems, first with Crystal going, my boys being taken from me, followed by the nervous breakdown, then the voices and people in the backyard. I think my mum had really had enough of me by this stage. Not to mention the alcohol ever present in my life, causing destruction whenever I opened another bottle. How do you convince people who've known you entire life that you were suddenly psychic? The opportunity came one day during a phone call. My grandfather came through clear as a bell while I was having a chat with mum. Remind her about the cherry ripe packets grandpop instructed me. Now, I did not have a clue what he was on about. When I relayed the message to mum, I heard a little exclamation of surprise on the other end of the phone. When grandpop was in a hospital, mum explained, he wasn't allowed to eat high-fat foods. He used to smuggle in cherry ripe chocolates and I would smuggle the empty wrappers out for him when I came to visit. I listened to mum's story with a smile, no doubt about grandpop. After Grandpop died, Mum continued, they found a heap of empty cherry ripe packets in his trousers. It wasn't something Mum had ever mentioned to anyone. A little later, I told Mum about a portable record player my grandmother had. My grandmother had died when I was four years old. She, she began to believe after that. Now that the penny had phone, truly dropped, the advanced training could begin. I understand that when I had read people at the supermarket or working at the shop, I wasn't tuning into their thoughts, but I was in fact tuning into the spirit world. Here I was thinking I was reading minds, but in fact I was tuning into relatives around them. The guides started to teach me how to identify who was who around a person. I learned to invent, identify gender and status. One, of, one, side belonged to the, one side of a person belonged to the mother's side and the other the spouse's and father's side. I adopted John Edward's way of identifying children from grandparents and parents. In one last time, John Edward notes that for him, spirits appear around a client in the same pattern as a family tree. The mother's side was on the left, the father's side on the right, grandparents above and children below. I applied this approach to my own readings and seemed the spirit world was happy to do this with me as well. The only exception in my readings is the odd father who will appear on the mother's side, usually when mum is still with us in life. It became easier each time to identify the relationship of the spirit to the client. 
Next, I had to learn about clairvoyance. Clairvoyance to me is like a memory in the same way that you might picture your bedroom or workplace in your mind. I see messages from the spirit world. I see symbols and pictures in my mind. And by interpreting these symbols, I'm able to relay the, relay the message. I'm very clairaudient, hearing things psychically, and clairsentient, sensing, feeling things physically. But clairvoyance, seeing things physically, is something that is always developing for me. And still does. <laughs> it's as though I have a dictionary of pictures in my mind. These pictures can be as simple as a man holding a badge. Now they can be interpreted as anything from military man to overseas in the war anyway, or any war. Or it can be interpreted in a different way, perhaps to indicate that the spirit migrated to Australia. A man with a skipper's cap on can indicate several things. It can mean that the man was in the armed forces and loved the water, that he was a Navy man. Um, he had a love for water and spent many hours at sea. As I gain, ex- gain experience in my work, certain images have come to a very specific meaning. Of course, the dictionary has been added to all the time. <clears throat> now, I wrote this book in 2000, just side note, I wrote this book in 2006 and I can tell you um, it's, that's just, that, well, geez, it's quite a long time ago that I wrote this book, almost 20 years ago, and I still have a changing dictionary. That's just a side note. Usually there's a degree of three skills I work with when I receive a message from spirit. I can hear a voice, see an image and feel with the body the gist of what is being communicated through me. As you may imagine, this can be very confusing and it takes considerable concentration to keep all the receptors open at the same time. Concentrating too hard can interrupt the process though. It's important to be open and just let the information flow without thinking. Hence the don't think um, training from Peter. Being very clairaudient, I tend to rely on what I heard at the expense of the information that came through in other ways, but over time I've improved. I still have trouble hearing. I st- side note, I still have trouble hearing some things. Even 20 years later, I think, ah, there's still frustrations. I tend, um, <clears throat> trial and error and a persistent and loving guy will always be the best teachers. As I mentioned before, my guide spent a lot of time teaching me to listen with every part of my body from my head to my toes. I know that sounds strange, but this is true clairsentience. A blind man once told me that it's the same when you have no sight. The blind must listen with their whole body. A good way to practice a skill is to blindfold yourself and see what you can hear with your feelings as well as your ears. It takes a lot of practice, but it's a skill I believe everyone is capable of developing. To conduct a reading, I reach into a person's aura and listen with my whole body. I believe that the spirit world operates on a different frequency than we do, and as a medium, I'm able to tune into this frequency. It's a bit like the difference between AM and FM radio. By extending my aura, I'm able to tap into this special frequency and invite the spirit world a little closer to me. The other senses then come into play. The hardest part is the interpretation. Of course, to some degree of interpretation as a medium translates a visual image into words, but ultimately I feel it's just best to say what you see, feel and hear without trying to make sense of it. The client will usually be able to understand immediately from what might seem a little ridiculous to the medium. For example, Nana might come through for a client trying to validate her presence by mentioning the green monkey, monkey tattoo she had on her butt. If I don't realise spirit is showing me a green monkey and I'm sensing this is something to do with the bottom, to the client because it sounds really silly but and a very specific and personal validation has missed its mark. Both Nana and the client miss out because the medium has interpreted the sign as silly. As I've said many times, I'm just a postman. It's not my job to read the mail but to deliver it. Being a good medium involves many factors such as diet, exercise and rest. I've learned that my – I don't have this anymore. I've learned that my menstrual cycle can play havoc with my abilities. Side note, uh, yeah, 
Not anymore because I'm menopause. I'm past menopause. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had to throw that in. If I don't eat properly, I will run out of energy during readings. I cannot drink alcohol or do anything that may harm my body. I really don't even like to take paracetamol or other everyday medications if it can be avoided. Side note, this actually changed a few years after I wrote the book, but this will be revealed in the future maybe. Because I did actually go back to alcohol, but I have never drank ever on the day of a show or a reading ever. But since I gave up alcohol and then took it up, I have now given up for over two years. That's just a side note. Alcohol and spirits do not mix, full stop. This is because, uh, this is because um, the spirit world likes a nice clear vessel to work through. Some mediums might drink and smoke, but I feel I must respect my body, especially after my not so pure past. Now, back then I was a vegetarian and mate, and I'm, but I, so now in this book, I am now a vegetarian, make sure that my iron level proteins are top notch. Side note for anyone listening, um, I now eat meat and I was a vegetarian for only six and a half years, but I did end up going back to meat because I found that it, my body was too depleted and it was actually affecting my readings in the long run not to have a meat source. So that's just a side note for anyone who may be a medium who is listening to that. Meat is okay, guys, okay? Even drinking within reason is okay, just as long as you never do it when you're about to do your gift. <clears throat> okay. Rest is perhaps one of the most important things to honour. That's true. I've come to know my limits and I don't overstep them. For me, being a medium has, a, has meant a complete life change and one that I have to have had to pursue with diligence to be successful. I've never made the mistake of thinking that I can't improve further as there's always so much to learn. After the best readings and the not so great ones, I tell myself that I'm learning all the time. I understand that the training never really ends. After about six months of the advanced training, I decided to put my skill to the test and advertise for the first time. I received three responses to my ad in the Sunday newspaper. One was from a woman named Angela who lived a fair distance away. Another from a fellow who ended up having a phone reading. And the third from a woman who I saw personally. This client lived about an hour from me. I had lost her brother due to suicide only five weeks prior to the reading. In my eagerness to help her, my inexperience quickly became obvious to me. Spirit gave details regarding the motive for suicide, which opened a huge can of worms for that family. In my quest to give accurate and specific information, I unwittingly caused problems for that grieving family. That was something I hadn't bargained for and certainly something I don't ever want to repeat. Despite my inexperience, the reading was very accurate and I went on to read for other family members of that family. Still, those readings were a cautionary experience which I learned some very valuable lessons. Nowadays, I will never attempt to give reasons for suicide no matter how clearly they come through from the spirit world. That's not my job. To my mind, a medium is not a soul saver. To my mind, a medium is, uh, is not a soul saver, a detective, a psychologist or a settler of property, property disputes after someone dies. A medium is certainly not there to analyse why someone killed themselves as I very quickly learned. I see it as my job to validate the existence of spirit and that is all. I have also have rules about the time that should elapse after the loss before clients can come to me for a reading. It varies but I have a hard and fast rule regarding this. Parents who have lost a child cannot have a reading less than six months after the loss. From experience I've learned that the acceptance takes at least that long. 
often longer. As a medium, I'm, I'm always conscious of the stages involved in the grieving process. Remember, I've been there. The last thing I want to do is get in the way of healing. If clients come for reading early, more often than not, it's a way to deny what has happened and hold on. Emotions are too raw for me to be of any real help. Later, once acceptance has occurred, the reading can be more beneficial. So the penny had finally dropped and a brand new chapter of my life had begun. At least I knew I had broken the cycle of grief in my own way. I was now on the path towards helping others do the same. In my mind, I had thoughts of appearing on television but quickly put them down to being fanciful. I even thought about writing a book but re-rated myself for being silly. I had a long way to go before I could even think about that sort of thing. After the first ad, I decided to advertise locally. This was much more successful and I soon had a steady stream of clients coming to the house for readings. I gave another reading at Jim Boomba during which I was introduced to a spirit named Andre. He later popped up again in another reading for a, for, for a friend of his mother. It was not long before I met his mum, Kathy, and spent two weeks doing readings on the Sunshine Coast through my connection with her. Word began to spread and I took up travelling to give readings at people's homes. It seemed to work out quite well. I drove hundreds of kilometres in those early days. I did. I was still working at the Air Force Base and one day one of the women asked if I'd be interested in doing a talk for her meditation group. This would be my very first group reading, without me knowing. And needless to say, I was very nervous. The spirits didn't let me down though. They came through so strongly one after the other. There was a moment that I realised I was doing exactly the same thing as John Edward. I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. At this reading, I met a woman named Lynn with whom I clicked immediately. She later mentioned our meeting to a woman named Janet who in insisted on meeting me. At that time, Janet said that she heard my name and knew she had to meet me. Little, little did I realise the role that Janet would play in my life. I liked her so much. She had so much knowledge. It was funny because she stayed for about two hours. I ended up asking her a lot of questions that I needed answers to. She answered them so well that I felt I couldn't charge her at all, but Janet insisted on paying a part fee. When she left, I remember putting her name into my mobile phone. At the time, I wasn't sure why I did that. I just did. Unknown to me, Spirit had presented me with my first human guide. Soon afterwards, I received another phone call from a woman requesting a group reading. Word was really spreading fast. I decided I needed, needed business cards and proudly added group readings to my list of services. When I saw an adver advertisement for a psychic fair, I thought, why not? I asked my guides if I should call to find out more. There were no negative replies, so I did. I was hired for the Caboolture show on the 15th and 16th of February 2003. Things were moving very fast for me as a professional medium and it was all very exciting. Now, I just want to remind you guys that I did not do my first professional medium reading until October 2022. And um, and it was – and I had to um, – when I started to advertise for psychic readings, um, people did not understand what a medium actually was back then. It wasn't really clear. They knew the John Edward thing but not really so – it was a really, really weird time because I didn't have any cards or tarot cards at that point. But anyway, that is that chapter over and done with and I will be back with the next chapter very soon. In the meantime, you guys take care and, um, and have a great couple of days, won't you? I'll be talking to you soon. She talks to angles. Oops, angels. <laughs> You'll come back now. <laughs>